To the show, ADHD. All you motherfucking pimps and hoes know that we're the bros that you want. Katie ain't here, she's just a thought. Oh shit, we're back again. Friday, Black Friday, we're about to get it in. ADHD fucking crew, Chech, Cheech, Machete, shit. Yo, don't give a fuck. I say what I want, cause I don't give a fuck. Katie, where you at? Bitch. That was tight. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back. Uh, we just ate Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so you think that, like, Stuffed. you know what I was thinking? I was like, why, not, why am I not a better rapper? Why are you not a better rapper? <clears throat> I don't know. I've been doing I this think, for like a year. Um, We've been doing the freestyles for a year. Yeah, but it's only like uh, a minute at a time. So it's like you get two minutes of practice a week. Yeah. Two minutes of practice is not enough. <clears throat> speaking of, speaking you should be of practicing which, all day. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Did you? Were you the one telling me that how the rappers just think of shit to rhyme with? Yeah, the day and yeah, it's yeah. Nothing to do with their like. Yeah, the, practicing. Flows. I remember I saw a long time ago. You remember that show, uh, Made? I think it's called Made. Oh yeah, yeah, on yeah, MTV. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would always have these kids, and they would fucking like, I want to be a fucking cheerleader and then someone would come in and help him be a cheerleader yeah, yeah. i want to be a rug star. there was one where a kid wanted to be a rapper right and he took him to the grocery store he's like this is what rappers do all day long we just go through we and we just rhyme and shit. <laughs> yeah we steal shit from the market yeah. no he just i just go through and i'm just rhyming all day long everything i see i rhyme everything i see i rhyme and it's like so he just took him to the grocery store he said Rhyme anything you see, anything. Yeah. So he's rapping avocado. about tomatoes and shit. Yeah, avocado. That was what a good was show. Avocado? That show used to be lit. I don't know. Come on. I don't know. I, I, Made? MTV, Come on, bro. MTV fell off pretty hard. Like also, this, I mean, this is like twenty years ago, probably. Yeah, it's a long time ago. That show, dude. It fell off a long time ago. When really? it stopped, when they stopped playing music videos, I'm like, all right, I'm out. We <laughs> talking about like the nineties? That's what I'm saying. Damn. I used to watch it. I mean, I guess that's a generation gap, but my bad. <laughs> you remember that? You know what about Cribs? Come on, yeah, Cribs is dope. Yeah, it's same time period. Well, well, like I saw a few Cribs where they were like, "This is my apartment." Like this Dude, is even someone's house. I just uh, I follow that nostalgia thing, and that's where I see a lot of this gets reminded. Oh, so you're not even uh, a real fucking two thousands kid. You're a fucking fake two thousands kid. <laughs> no, I remember this you shit. No, because they told me to remember. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I think there was a period where I didn't have cable, so I saw I caught the tail end of a lot of those shows. Yeah, but um, they showed uh Sean William Scott, and you saw that one recently. Yeah, that's it's just a fucking apartment. This is some dude's apartment. He's like, yeah, dude, this is where we kick back. Here's the community pool that we all like share. Like, here's uh, the couch with holes in it. There's a fucking, and then we saw I saw Chris Angel's house on there. It's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) That was that was like a fucking mansion over that fucking. Such a douchebag. He's got a fucking. He the fucking he's dead. got a fucking team of people, and he introduced them. And- <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you have to put your time in if you want to get good at anything. And I've been checking out this book. What called Outliers? Outliers. I've heard of that by Malcolm Gladwell. I've heard of that. Who talked about that? I don't know. It's a popular book. Okay. Malcolm Gladwell spit some fucking knowledge, dude. Yeah. He basically. I'm like, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to like help your life a little bit, maybe not. Yeah, depending on where you are. But this book, and plus, I'm not reading these guys. I'm listening to this uh, shit. The way to go, feature audible.com. Audible. I'm baby. fucking downloading it right now. Fuck it, <laughs> outliers. So, 
there's a principle, and he break and this guy Malcolm Gladwell breaks down every single person who is perceived as a genius, mm. and he breaks down that what was the common thread between all of them. Mm, the common thread, yeah. Is it obsession about what the thing they did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, tell me, tell me how to do with it. Okay. But obsession is not the necessarily. It's actually they were not even particularly skilled in a certain area, mm. in any type of area. What was it then? Oh, I thought you wanted to take another crack. Hard work. Yeah. Hard work. Oh shit. But specifically, there's a there's a there's a value associated to the to the hard work, hmm. and the number is. Oh, the thousand hours. Ten thousand. Oh, ten thousand hours. hours. So, oh, is that his number? Is he the one who thought of it? Oh, okay. It's his theory. Well, it's a, it's a it's a pretty great theory. Yeah. So he breaks down Mozart. Yeah. How he got to ten thousand hours. By the time he was four. By, so no, sure. <laughs> by the time he was like fucking thir- like twelve, eleven, he's mm-hmm. already hit his ten thousand hours. They were saying, oh, he was writing fucking concerts at fucking f- like seven or four. Mm-hmm. They weren't really that good. He didn't start really catching his stride till he was in his twenties, but he had already put in his ten thousand hours in. There's some of his famous pieces I think that are from when he was a kid. No, not good. Really? Yeah. So according to Malcolm Gladwell. Oh fuck! I don't even know about that. What? The shit. That's what you wrote that when he was a kid. I think so. I don't know. Well, maybe. maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know what it's called? So look it <laughs> yeah, up. But yeah. anyways. So he breaks down people like the Beatles. Yeah. He goes, oh, he goes, shit. he goes. I know about that. Fuck. So he talks about, all right, since you know about it, we could talk about it then. Yeah. So <sighs> he, he talks about how they got, how they really earned their stripes. Yeah. Is by the time they were, when they played in Germany mm-hmm. and uh, they, they would play at these places for seven hours at a time every fucking day that's what i'm saying yeah. so they would go but the thing is they liked the vibe because you got booze you're able to have like access to like brothels and mm. so they love to fucking go there and, yeah and they got paid and they got paid <clears throat> so, and they got laid and uh, there was crowds <laughs> there was crowds of people yeah. so imagine like and they would have to come up with all kinds of different ways to play cover band like covering well, songs when you're doing fucking seven hours they're probably fucking Stretching their brains on a daily basis. They had, like, they had oh, a fuck. Let's play that song. Let's try this one. Yeah, they're always coming up with new covers to play yeah. and keep people entertained. That they dude, seven hours is an insane amount of time to play. It's stupid. I mean, it really is. Imagine that was the that was the gym they got their workout in. I mean, because by the time they came to America, they have already put in something like twelve thousand hours. Yeah, or something. yeah. So imagine a band that is fucking tight, 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 tight. Who just comes into America and blows the fuck up because they put in their hours. He, he goes into Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates does this did the same thing where he would had access to a computer. His school had one of the first computers where they could start writing code on. Mm. And it was just a timing thing and he had access to it. There are not many people did. He dropped out of fucking school mm-hmm. to focus on this computer that he just was writing these programs for. And he got his ten thousand hours in. Hmm. It's crazy. So, um, so is he is saying there is time? There is a timing aspect to it. There is. There, there's yeah. like like right place, right time. Right place, right time. Because I think when Bill Gates was going to school, the computer like computers were no one can really write code for them. Hmm. There's only a few of them, and there was like a time where a computer was like he, the school had a computer, and he was going to the computer room more. 
than the school. And he said, there's a, the only thing is that you had to pay for time and it was expensive, mm. but they found out cause you had to have a punch card and they found out how to fucking br- crack the card oh, and really? break the card. So then like, if you just put a, like, you know, you change the code a little bit and mm. you put, and, and you, you put the number the in, card, that's he dope. hacked the card. So it's interesting stuff, man. But the thing that, is, the that, bottom line is you got to put in the time. And that's the interesting thing uh, about the Beatles. A lot of people, you know, don't know that. Yeah. Well, that they were a cover band. Some people have heard it, but <clears throat> right. the fucking extent to how much they really played, because they did it for like a few years, I think. Yeah, it was. A, and, I think they said three three years where yeah. they had like basically a Just very... Playing every fucking day. Yeah. And it's like... um. And that's an interesting thing too. I, I mean, I'm sure you you heard it. There's that. There's a fucking thing in music where it's like original bands hate on cover bands sure, sure, and shit sure. like that. Yeah, of course. And but usually the people in cover bands are usually good musicians because yeah. they play so much. Sh- they play for so long. They play so many different styles, so many different songs and shit. And then you can in original bands, you really only have to know like your 12 songs yeah, <laughs> that you guys one. play yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can sound really good whatever, too. But... What in whatever covers you decide to do. Yeah. And like one or two or something. Um, so it's like, there is like, so do you think, I think I, I do appreciate that. I've had that opportunity to, to practice I, look, like I, that. I, but... I have mad respect for your, for your craft, bro. Yeah. In general. Um, that being said, you're whack. No, <laughs> no that being said, you think you've put in 10,000 hours. Dude, I've put in. So to give you an idea, hold on. To yeah, give what does idea, that look like? Ten thousand hours. That means you would have to b- essentially practice three hours a day, three like three and a half hours a day uh-huh. for ten years. Three and a half hours a day for ten, 10 years. years, dude. I don't think I've put in my ten thousand hours yet. Then I know. Is that be- weird? It's so weird. It yeah. Seems like, oh yeah, I done it. And I was thinking about it too. I was like, I don't think I've done yeah. it for anything. Um, because I mean, I've I've had fucking. More stage time than most, but not not ten thousand hours. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I definitely never three hours a day. The yeah. way I practice was would be like in spurts. So sometimes it would be like a, a shit ton of hours in one day, and then it'll be zip. Like there's a period of time, probably a good like six months or a year, where I didn't practice at all. I literally just went to gigs on on Fridays and Saturdays, played. Did not fucking touch instruments for, for the rest real? of the week. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't about it at that period of time. It was a dark period. Um. So yeah, it would be three hours a day for ten years. That's crazy. That's what uh, my professor said. This too. I wonder if he read this book. Yeah, but possible. he's he said that um, if because somebody asked him how long do you think it really become takes to become a proficient piano player. Mm. Uh, a classical piano player and he said on in, in the way most conservati- conservatories are uh, it will take you 10 years of intense study <laughs> so <check laughs> to be and that was his number so yeah 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 i mean i think um it's it's um like when you really think about it like how have you put in the hours like have you put in the hours right they they compared they they did this on purpose to test this theory out in I don't know when, mm-hmm. but they got a young child. They all started the violin at the same time. Yeah, and they found out that it wasn't even skill, or the people just think that people are just oh you're a you genius have talent. yeah you have yeah. talent you're like actually Natural it's, it's not it's yeah. it's just you put in so the pre- people who are mediocre only put in about six thousand hours. 
six thousand. So people who just that's mediocre, mediocre, where they, they don't, okay. they don't, they they're, they can, they can survive and pass classes and okay. stay, kind of like stay with the bunch. Okay. I probably if that's your, <clears throat> if that's the number, I'm, I think I'm past that number then. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. and then so the people who did from six thousand to like I want to say eight thousand, mm-hmm. they were real, they were above the class. And so most of them became teachers. Like they taught, so they were good. They were good. They were good. Yeah, but the people who were outliers, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the people that, that actually did the ten, the ten, the, who hit the ten thousand hours. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, it's just two thousand more hours. That that makes the difference. That's the difference. I'm in that group. I think I'm in that group. I know six you're close. Eight. You're close. I'm in the dude. six to eight. I think I think you're I think you're into the eight eight to ten probably. How long you? Been I mean, it's music? been a long time. So I mean, since I was thirteen, so it's you're, been at you're, you're twenty nine. So it's been you're close, dude. Ten. Fuck, I mad. All right, let's just say, <laughs> like, like I would say that you. You're, I think you're close. It's like twenty years. <laughs> Seventeen years. We didn't spend any hours on Six, math. Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Sixteen. You're right, bro. Wow. I'm just trying to be dumb like you for a second. No, I don't know the math. I'm not good at math. Uh, Sixteen years. So I've been for a long time, man. Yeah. So sixteen years. Do you think you you practice one hour a day on average? I mean, if you had to average it out, and honestly, it might be lower than that. Thirty minutes a day, probably. Thirty. So you thirty minutes a day. Because there's some days where it's all like you know six hours. It's some days where it's all day. You know. Okay. Then there's some days it's three hours, two hours, one you know one hour. So there's a week that goes by where you do not practice. There has been periods where Months, where. Years. Where I do not practice, yeah. Like years. No, like not years. Where you're not playing anything regardless. Oh, no, no. There's never been a period where I haven't played at all. But there's been periods where I've done only my gigs and not done anything else. That counts, though. That yeah. does count. So I've been, I would say there was probably like a good maybe six months of that nine I think months. You, I think you would average about a, an hour and a half, a, an hour a day. You would an average, hour? Out of every, if you're playing a gig, what, the gig's like I mean, three that's hours? Four Four Easy. hours on average. Yeah, four hours doing, is normal. How long, when, what, what age did you start gigging? Uh, seventeen. There you go. Yeah, that's already that's already eleven years. So the, well, let's just do. You said sixteen years. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm gonna do three sixty five times, uh, sixteen years. That's that's a lot of days. <laughs> uh, that's five thousand eight hundred and forty days. So we'll do times one hour equals no no no. Let's see how many? Five, so you only did five five thousand hours according to this at one hour a day. At one hour a day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't. It's hard to it's hard to guess because it's not it's not consistent. So yeah, how many weekends are in a year? Fifty two. Fifty two weekends in a year. Okay, yeah. so fifty two. I mean, if you want to, let's say I had forty gigs a year times eleven. 440 gigs times four because they're usually four hours. Uh-huh. 17. That's 1700 hours. Gig hours. Uh, actually performing a year. Total. A year. All of the year? total. Yeah. Wait. What? Wait. What? <laughs> For there's only there's, there's only 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. 52. Your tour. You your tour. You're playing 40 of those weeks times 11. Because oh, because eleven years, so fifty-two times eleven, right? Fifty-two times eleven. Yeah. Okay, times f- uh four. Let's say forty gigs a year. Wait, wait, what? Let's, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, because there's there's two gigs on a weekend. 
Yeah. Right. Oh shit! So oh, it's sometimes eight. there's three. Sometimes there's three. All right, Fuck. listen. You, all right, you're That's close. A lot. You're close. I think I'm in that. I mean, from what the range described, I'm gonna say definitely past mediocre. I'm in the six. <clears throat> the yeah. I'll say seven. Seven. You're like in the seven, seven thousand seven to nine. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm maybe just saying, nine. I don't know. I don't think nine. I'll seven to eight. I'll give myself seven. Well, eight. yeah. Well, you you the where, you, where do you think you're at? Music wise, With, I'm, in, I'm in the five thousand hours for sure. Below. Okay, what about um the the like recording engineering? That's side? another story. I think I'm close. Think you're close. Oh yeah, I started o- almost ten years ago. Okay. Now I can't count all the podcasts that I've done because there's so many. There's a lot of them I didn't record. I mean, I didn't. Ha- I don't have track of anymore. Um, that's true. That's a lot of fucking hours. But it does is. it count? Because you're a lot of it. You're not doing that much. You know what I mean? No, no. no. I mean that. Like I mean, like like six six months. No, no, no. I mean, like when you're recording a podcast, can you count that whole hour as going to your skill? Because you only set up for maybe fifteen minutes before twenty minutes and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. What are you counting? The whole the whole shit. Um, In experience, hours and experience in the field. I don't know. Hmm. But I think I'm close to ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours. The thing is, once once you hit the ten thousand hours, though, you're supposed to be an expert. You're you're a master. You're you you can expect you could exponentially grow fast, and it starts to compound like your your knowledge. Hmm. You know, so and that so what would that knowledge be? Because you ha- you are doing multiple things, so you have to spread out the the experience yeah. over different. It's true because you got recording, so engineering. Yeah, you got editing which is a whole nother shit so yeah i mean like when it comes down to like working with audio i would say i put in general in, I would, oh yeah in general okay. I, I think i'm 10 i'm at close to ten thousand hours mm. i probably started i started way before that like i was i had a tape recorder like a four track you know and mm-hmm. i've always found a ways to like tinker with shit when i was but what if you want to get into like specifics in like editing well, podcast, pro toolsing look at look at i'm gonna go podcast experience i think i've put i've put in close to 10,000 if not 10,000 I mean, hours on it on pro tools on pro tools i've put 10,000 hours on pro yeah tools, pretty sure damn pretty sure like i don't I, i've there's times where if i've i know worked that. on movies and stuff where i had to turn projects around and i would basically be a zombie for like a week yeah, all fucking on, 12 hours a day like, all on pro tools yeah. the whole time so and then the, yeah i don't think there would, <laughs> nowadays there's not there's like maybe like I'm on Pro Tools like six days a week right now, yeah. currently. <laughs> You're fucking racking up hours. <laughs> well, it's just so funny because that's what you got to really, you got to really think about. Do you about feel it. like um, you're at <clears throat> expertise? I am. You do? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Like understanding but, what, what like equalization really does and what compression really does. I mean, those are very simple, mm-hmm. um, those are very simple principles that anyone's like, oh, dude, just like, you know, there's a lot of EQ, a lot of people light compression. Under, they like to say it. They generally understand it, but they it's, don't actually know exactly. it. Exactly. If you tell somebody what a compressor does, I don't think anyone can answer you. If you just want to be like a dick to one of your friends, who are like, oh, yeah, just compress it. Like, what does a compressor do? And they'll be like, it will, it okay, compresses so I, it. I think I know what it does. I don't know how it does it. <laughs> I don't know exactly. So it takes, so there's the, because my brother's told me. So I'm, I'm going to guess yeah, gonna, this might be right. So there's a waveform, right? Yeah. And when you compress it, you take the top and the bottom of it and you bring that down so that the sound is more even overall. Basically what it does. That's, yeah. No, but that that's the basic, basic yeah. shit that it yeah. does. There's a lot I could, more I could, shit. I could, take it, I could take it a step further by saying 
yeah, that's the basic basic. Here's another basic thing. It it brings the low frequencies like or it brings it brings the low volumes high and it, re- it gets the high volumes, volumes low. Lower. Yeah. So basically, if someone's whispering right now, you'll be able to hear it at the same volume as if I was talking like this. Yeah. yeah. The compression that I use squishes it so much mm-hmm. that it um everything's uniform balances. Yeah. Yeah. So it brings low signal high and high signal. But low. then you can do crazy. Sh- I mean, like you could do. Well, when you get into mu- when doing it with music, yeah. you could do all kinds of different. Yeah, there's different types of types compression. Of compression yeah. Now that shit, that's where I get lost. I because it has to do more with routing than it does about the actual compression. Oh really? So there's ways uh, where we call sidechain. I mean, but there's other there. shit too. Is like uh, like knee. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I know that has something oh, to do with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about the parameters in the yeah, like, like the I know that this oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what the fuck is going so, on with so, that shit. But yeah, there's a bunch of different techniques and things that people use. Well, you know what? I ain't a front. Like, I put presets that gets me in the ballpark. And then, you and know then what I mean? maybe if you have to, dial it in. Oh, I thought I was going to sneeze. I hate when that, feel, mm. when that feeling. Anyway. But so, yeah, it takes me. It, it takes you. It takes me anyway. I can't speak for anyone else. But it takes me a long time to get something. But once I grasp it, it's like in. Mm. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> this sounds so dumb. But the board that I have in my, in my studio in West L.A. Yeah. I'd say that I didn't know how to use it until like last year. <laughs> no, until like two years ago, probably. Even though I routed everything, me and me and uh, keeping it crispy, yeah. I didn't truly understand how to work the board. Mm. Like I couldn't just like, you, you, for people at home. You're talking about a giant mixing. I'm board talking about that you have. A, yeah. There's a 16 channel mixing board that's in my studio. And like legit. Don't tell productions.com. Yeah. Check it out. Um, so there's a mixing board there, and I mean I knew how to use it basically. But I didn't understand, like, now I can pull up settings and then start fuck with all the knobs and, like, adjust the equalization and compression from From the the console, yeah. So I know how to access that now. (laughs) And not only that, it's just, like, I know that thing in and out now. Yeah? Yeah, but it's obsolete. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's an old technology. But it's fun, you know? Um, So, yeah, I put in 10,000 hours of audio, I feel, for sure. Mm -hmm. Podcasting hours possibly close to that. I mean... If you talk, if you count fucking sitting in on podcasts, fucking recording them, you've probably put in fucking shit. Tons. So I mean, just on talking shit alone, I know that's what's gonna they, say. Would they go to four hundred or five hundred yeah. episodes? And all of those were over an hour. Yeah. So the, right there, that's five hundred hours. Five hundred. That's and doesn't. I probably put in like just as much as that on editing. So a thousand hours. Yeah. And I had uh, the podcast, by the way, just hit four hundred episodes. The well, walk well, has, yeah, and then I probably put just as much as time yeah. in editing, so that's another. So that's, I mean, even this show is probably at, at least two hundred something. This, this, uh, I this, mean, if this you show this like, in the Moncast, I think this the since we migrated to ADHD from Moncast, mm. I think we're at like four hundred episodes, dude. Are you serious? Because we put out two a week, and there's sometimes where we just. Shit. I mean, sh- I think it's like three hundred and change actually. Yeah, but it's a lot, dude. Fuck, it's a lot of episodes, and that's the thing too is like you get um. That's the another another thing, like actually talking on podcasts. Yeah, that's a, that's another skill that. How many hours do you think you racked up? Three hundred. <laughs> However many hours yeah, have been like on this show. Five hundred hours, but yeah. So like, you're far from being a, a master. But yeah. Howard Stern is He's, crafty. Yeah, you dude. see, you hear his interviews; they're just like he just knows how to ask. He knows when to butt in. It is he weird, knows. and it almost seems like his when he's interviewing people because I start 
they've been posting a lot on Facebook recently. I, I know. know. I've been, been watching them too. Yeah, they're yeah. good. They're great. Amazing. And it's like he asks weird in a weird way, and he's kind of very forward. <clears throat> he's but forward, get, but he, he gets him to talk. But he he has a uh, finesse to to how he says. it. I mean, he must have hit fucking ten thousand hours a long time ago because he has been doing like four hours, five hours yeah. at a, on it every day. And he's he's the goat. <laughs> he's definitely the goat. <laughs> Speaking <clears throat> of that, uh, Kevin and Bean. They, uh, they're done, right? A bean left. Kevin's still going to continue it. But they've been doing it for almost 30 years, too. Uh, maybe 30 years. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a long time if I could do it. It is, man. Uh, and and that's at the end of the day. It's dude, like, that is sad. We only have like, I mean, I only have like fucking 300 hours, 330 hours. 10, on, that's nothing. I suck. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. No, we but, suck. But, yeah. I mean, speak for yourself, but well, what do you got? A thousand, maybe? Dude, I started the Moncast, bro. <laughs> so it's like an extra couple hundred. You like extra, extra five, extra five episodes in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah, not even fucking close. Yeah, so you know, there's. Um, I was taking a listen to to that. Um, I'm actually really. It's this no whole new audible.com thing. Um, they're not sponsored by us, but we should probably hit them up for sponsorship. But, um, you know, audible.com is talking about them. They're goat. They're they're goats. I mean, I think they are the goat. What else? uh, What uh, what other fucking service is there that does that as good as audible? (laughs) Fuck that. Nobody does that. Yeah. So, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers, check it out. I recommend it. You know, I think it's a good, it's some good shit out there. Dang. What? I'm just thinking about it because then if you break it down, because we're talking music in general, but like if we want to look at like, oh, what about songwriting? Well, you know what he compared. Like by Not the way, much. Malcolm Gladwell didn't. He didn't um, think by the time the British invasion happened. By the time that happened, like he comp- he says from the time that they played in Germany and they came to America that they didn't really reach like maturity, um, masterpiece wise until Sgt. Pepper. Okay, so, like, so so he was saying that he they did a lot of bubblegum stuff. They started experimenting, yeah. blah, blah blah. But by the time Sergeant Pepper like came out, sixty six. So it was like a couple of years. <laughs> I know. I was about to say. So like basically when they Something when they like that. from the time that they fucking were touring in Germany or mm. playing in Germany from the time they hit Sergeant Pepper, they reached that ten thousand hour mark, mm. and they then they started they, making yeah, masterpieces. They started making masterpieces. masterpieces. Yeah, totally. Fuck. I, I actually did just go back and listen to the Beatles album the other day. I was fucking. I haven't listened. I, I've took a lot. I I wore out the Beatles. Dude. Yeah, I've played so much of their stuff. I I'm. It's a little too much. It's fun to show new people though. Like I'm showing Christina. She's, you know, she never actually listened to a lot. She knows. She knows more. Most people know more Beatles songs than they think they know. Yeah. But um, you know, so I've. I think I was playing. Uh, Abbey Road for her or something oh, the other day. Yeah. Great. I mean, fuck, they're all great. Uh, Abbey Road White Album, fucking Sgt. Pepper. They're all great. Rubber, yeah, so they're good. All great. Yeah. They're all great. Rubber Soul. They're all great. No. <laughs> like, fucking. I, like, I think I told you this before, but I went down. I went down. Dude. Uh, huh? I'm sorry to interrupt, what? but, dude, think about fucking Paul McCartney. Yeah, no. Fucking. They're three million hours. I mean, fucking, he kept on doing it. Wings, fucking killing it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still, I he still had, was putting out. I mean, I guess he, I haven't listened. The nineties, yeah. He, he still has play. good shit in the nineties. There's well, one album called Flaming Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dope. dope He's still album. making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I don't think I was ever really like until this book. 
I was never really interested in consistency as an artist, right? And that's the sound that sounds like. What do you mean? Like, you could just make one hit and that's it. You know what I mean? And I'll be happy with that personally. I mean, if you did it, if I made it, if I made a hit, like so, consistency in my opinion was not. It's just like it was more about like trying to rely on that quote unquote talent, but what. According to Malcolm Gladwell, that talent, people just think that like the way he explains it, obviously he articulates it very well, but he's just saying like people just think that these guys have a gift from God and, and, you know, people thought that Mozart was like a, was was someone who was touched by God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was writing these. He was a child prodigy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. But he's got more practicing than anyone else. And uh, like, for example, uh, the Beach Boys. Beach Boys, they had a bunch of albums, but their masterpiece is one album. Everyone yeah. knows Pet Sounds. And how long was that into there? <clears throat> yeah, but, but but how many songs did Brian Wilson write you know, before yeah. that? And that's what that think makes me think. And that's, that's the only album, in my opinion, that is at that level. Like they had a bunch of B sides that they did the album right after, which Good Vibrations was on. Oh, yeah. Um, but that the whole sessions that he was using the Wrecking Crew for, mm-hmm. um was just his fucking he him he's he's a, he's a little bit of a savant right he, yeah. he kind of is little has he's on the spectrum yeah yeah but his he's just an asshole <laughs> i don't know i don't think so i think he had like no, no, yeah, he I had know. a bit of mental. he definitely went nuts for a while dude but it, it's it, that uh, you listen to the album and just musically sonically the 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 riffs that he wrote the fucking the instruments that are being played I'm I can't, to this day I'm just like after I listen to that album Pet Sounds I'm just like God damn dude um, he's using fucking xylophones and fucking all these yeah. kind of crazy ass like instruments but there's instruments upon instruments you have a piano playing the same fucking notes and he wanted to emulate uh, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound mm. where he had a bunch of different instruments playing the same notes uh-huh. but in different like obviously octaves and it just was like giving yeah. up this crazy ass sound and I'm like fuck mm. dude and it's, and even people who because i was watching the racking crew mm. it's a interesting documentary if you want to know oh, yeah. about music watch it it's really long though but you know what's her name the bassist uh, uh, uh k k king carol k yeah yeah carol, carol king isn't it no carol king is a piano player oh she's the one it's too late oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. carol k I think. carol k all right so, so she was talking about how much like like he wanted perfection Right. And how much he really wanted to go there. And and he would like be very uh, diligent about like if something wasn't played the exact the exact mm-hmm. way that he wanted, he'd get on them. But in the end, people were annoyed with him, but they knew they were like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like when the drums weren't like, you know, you're supposed to emphasize on this beat. And then that yeah. like you would really get that detail with every single fucking instrument, yeah. which to people who just wanted to get their money, get the fuck out is annoying. Yeah. But that served the project so much more. Like, yeah. like no one. Yeah. No one. Well, was that, doing what the, doing. the thing that uh, always stuck out and it kind of goes with this is from me, from that, uh, from the defiant ones. Yeah. My favorite part was when, he was telling Gwen Stefani when they, she was like wrote a wrote a song and they're like, yeah. oh, that's great. Give me five more. <laughs> yeah, give me three more. You need two more. You need yeah, two yeah. More. And it's like, just keep on fucking pumping and, them. And up. Tragic Kingdom, in my opinion, is a fucking masterpiece. Mm. I think off of Tragic Kingdom, No Doubts album, I want to say half, more than half. I think there's like twelve or thirteen tracks. I want to say like eight of them are fire. 
like fucking fire. Let's see what's on this. Yeah, Tragic Kingdom. <clears throat> I remember I I bought it by accident. Spider webs, just a girl. Stop. That's Hate. it. You're done. That's it. <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> don't speak. Yeah. Um, that was their debut on fucking Interscope, and that was the album that basically made Gwen Stefani. I mean, if you think about it, they were fucking obviously under Jimmy Iovine, and he said, write fucking all these songs. We keep writing, writing, writing songs, and they picked the best fucking ones. And that's the whole... I mean, there is definitely something to that, because that's the other thing. The, the Beatles and anyone who is successful band, you can take 48 takes and pick the best one. So another thing, time. You have the time to fucking play the song a fucking bunch of shitload of times and pick the best one. Yep. You have time to re-record the drum parts. Mm-hmm. That's something that uh, money gives you <laughs> access to because yeah. recording ain't cheap. It still ain't. For real, though. And yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there's a few instances where he talks about how how much care and effort goes into some of the some of the processes. Jimmy Iovine talks about doing the Born to Run album with uh, yeah, Bruce yeah. Springsteen, and he goes, uh, and I love Bruce's fucking line when he says this. He says, "Because yeah, some people may think to take a week to find a snare sound is a bit indulgent." But sometimes you need to be indulged mm-hmm. a whole week to come up with a snare sound. That's what I'm saying. Like, and then people wonder, oh, why can't my album sound as good as these old albums? It's because they fucking had all the time and the money in the world. They didn't have social media. They didn't yeah. want to write that in there. They they would spend all time. And another thing too, and I, this is Just probably goes for to, a snare drum. <laughs> this goes to Jimmy Iovine's fucking work ethic. Currently, is that he says this in the documentary very very clearly and this is the thing that really stuck to my head he goes coming from new york coming from an italian background coming from a working class background his whole objective to go to when he went to work was to get home he goes i want to go home i want to get home because this he was taught because he didn't truly get the concept that you have to put in more hours in this industry in the entertainment Mm. industry then you're probably going to get paid for yeah, yeah, and then and I think oh, Bruce definitely. Springsteen talked about it. He said people were sticking around because because they because I was what did they say? What did he say? He goes, people were sticking around because I made. He said something like, "I'm I'm gonna fuck up the saying so bad," um, because I was doing something different and they wanted to be a part of. So that was the reason why people stuck around. And Bruce Springsteen said, "My job was." To make that ha- to make it worth it, like I needed to deliver, basically. Mm. So people were sticking around because they're like, "Well, you're doing something dope. I've never been here before. I think this is some revolutionary stuff." And then it's like three in the morning, and he bouts out the most perfect fucking, you know what I mean, song. And it's like, holy shit! Like I stuck around for this, and I felt the magic, you know, that was in mm. the room. So I, I don't think, know. and there is something to that too, like, um. There takes a long time to even fucking build connections, because like doing this whole, the the music thing for as long as I've done, I feel like for a long time I was just not that making connections shit wasn't really paying off on like yeah. on anything. And I recently like you're, I started you're, meeting you're Corona. So I mean, yeah, it's probably the place I'm at. But like recently, you know, it's kind of been like. uh kind of clicking a little bit with people I've, I know and people who know who I am now and, and 
basically since I started this band, like I'm in this scene, I'm like starting people who kind of know who I am. And it's, I don't know. It took a long time to fucking have any recognition whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, so, cause it's like when you're young, if you don't have that spark, if you don't have that initial blast of yeah. just fucking something that hits, something that hits, yeah. then you go, Oh, it's just a phase. Once you get a normal job, like yeah. everyone else gets a normal job. So it's a kind of like, people don't really take you serious. And then now you're like, yo, I've, I've, I've earned my seat here. And mm. people, now they bow down, you know, they bow down. Mm. Blood out. <laughs> How do you like me now? <laughs> so I'm trying to find that clip, that Bruce Springsteen clip, but I doubt I'll find it. But I, I, dude, I swear I couldn't tell you how much I fucking loved this documentary, dude. Oh, yeah, it was good. I fucking watched it so many times over again. I don't even like watch it anymore. I watched it so many times. There was one, I mean, Rick Rubin was in that too. That's what reminded me of this. I, I need to watch it. There was a Pharrell and Rick Rubin did like a conversation together. Yeah. Did you see it? I saw one that he did with Kendrick, but I didn't see the one uh, he did with him. Oh, is it Rick Rubin's series that he's doing or something? Possibly. Is it like at his studio? It's like at his house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has a studio in his house. It's like has yeah, like yeah. a stream and stuff in the back. Um, Yeah, he had Pharrell on. And I, I know the the headline from it was basically like that the, them paying, you paying Marvin Gaye for that song was bullshit. For, uh, for which one? For um, Happy? Blurred Lines. Oh. For Blurred Lines, he had to pay Marvin Gaye. Yeah, and he said that was bullshit. He yeah. said you can't you can't copyright feel vibe. You can't copyright vibe. That is totally true. It was bullshit. Yeah, you think it's so? Complete bullshit. I don't know. Not man. the same song. It's, you play you play uh, Marvin right. Gaye. I play Bird Light. No, 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 no. I mean, no. I play it. It's like no, 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 I can no, tell no. you the melody's different. I, but I'm telling you, play the part from which one you want me to play um, Bird Lines. So yeah, you play Bird Lines, and he's gonna. You're talking about. Uh, I used to go out and pot. Right, that yeah, was yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, let me see. What the hell? This is all playlists. I just want the fucking song. What am I? Oh, library. Okay. Um, blurred lines, Robin Thicke. All right, that's weird. Okay. Dang. No ad. No ad. Everybody get up. I think the most stop, stop. that that might be an actual sample, Woo! or it's someone doing it. Right, it's not, it's not the same. Well, it's the same vibe. All right, well, but if you spe- if you speed it up, play it. Okay. I mean, the chords are different. I can tell you that. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> no, there's no musical. Like note wise, there's no nothing really that is the same from it. Yeah, and that's what they were saying. You, so it's like saying I love the vibe of this record. I'm gonna fucking same vibe. But there's no notes. There's no musical material that's the same. Yeah, the closest thing. It's not even the same. Like the piano on on they kind of do similar things. Like on Blurred Lines, it does that right on the upbeat kind of thing. On um, the Marvin Gaye song, it's similar. It's not the same, though. He goes. Uh, yeah. It's similar. Like, they're both, like, kind of chunking out chords, but it's not the same. But, it's, but, but, and different but your band keys, plays back-to-back, back, though. 
<laughs> yeah, for real. Because <laughs> they're the same yeah. line. They go work. They work perfectly yeah, together. They're lines. <laughs> I just think about the same overlap them. <laughs> yeah. But um. I, by the way, I like uh, the when the Dave Paul plant the Dave Paul band plays that song Blurred Lines. That's that's a hit. Oh yeah, that you one guys, you always. Get down. That one always goes over good. So does that one, the Marvin Gaye. <laughs> of course. When we play back to back. Yeah. So I mean, you know, look, you got to put your hours in if you want to be a pro. Pharrell put his hours in. He made Rum Shaker. I know, a long in, time ago. In high school, dude. In high school? In high oh, school. Shit. He was a senior in high school. Rum Shaker came out, bro. That song's dope. And it's so crazy, right? I mean. Well, you know, and he was probably doing that for years before he made, put out Rum Shaker. 1992, it came out. How crazy do you have, How fucking skilled do you gotta be pre computers? Yeah, no. That's, That's 1992. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, Pharrell. 1992? Yeah. How old is this motherfucker? He looks like he's 20. <laughs> yeah, dude, he does. 1992? So he was a high schooler. He's 17 years old. 1992. Dude, I didn't know he was that fucking old. Yeah, dude. So hold on. So if you se- let's say he's 17. We're just playing the conservative, yeah. right? 92. In 2002, he's 27. And that's when he really popped off. Yeah. And th- so then in 2012, he's 37. 47 and then 20 was it 20, we're not even in there yet. oh 22 he's, he's about yeah. so he's in like 45 or some shit yeah basically wow that's when when he was doing all of his hits and shit i mean all the fucking snoop dog and when he was doing everybody's music that was like the 2000s so he was in his he was like 30 in his 30s already yeah i think so i mean i'll try to find it right now well i'm sure we can find his age at the least but holy shit all right, here it, it is. Old as fuck. He is 46 years old. 46 years yeah. old. Wow. He was born April 5th, Oops. 1973. Damn. Full yeah. looks good. Yeah, he do. <laughs> Holy shit. <clears throat> and uh, I just, I went back recently, dude. Um, So I saw, I'm going to get into the tiny desk. The, you know, oh, tiny. yeah, yeah. So I found uh, Maggie Rogers. Mm. Maggie Rogers is just the, and he discovered Maggie. You see the Maggie Rogers Mm-mm. thing? Oh, you gotta see it. Maggie Rogers, tiny. All right, ass. no, so it. yeah, she's amazing. First off, but uh-huh. her voice is amazing. She's uh-huh. an amazing singer. But how she got discovered was through Pharrell, and you got to watch this video. If you guys haven't seen it, Google. Stop right now. Google Pharrell. Oh, a white chick. Huh? Yeah, Pharrell. Google Pharrell and Maggie Rogers. Because there is, they show it. Are you talking about the master class? The master. No, no is it a ma- is it the one he's in, in the classroom, right? Yeah, we're not gonna watch the whole thing. But, but is it but, that shit? Yes, okay. it is that. It's fucking amazing. This is where he meets her. He me- he meets her for the first time. He goes to NYU to talk to a class, and everyone in the class is showing Pharrell their thesis song that they worked on right at NYU. She plays her shit. Homie starts basically starts to cry. You could tell he's starting to well up with tears. Yeah. It's so good. Wow. And he's looking at his producer off camera and he's going, we're going to sign this bitch right now. <laughs> like, I got this bitch, right? Like he was giving every, cause like if you see the whole thing, it's like an hour long, like each student goes up, but you only want to see Maggie Rogers cause everyone else is like, mm-hmm. I mean, their music's good, but hers, she's like a cut above. She's an outlier. Mm. I want <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm really curious. Fucking good. But check that. Out. You know who else he signed it? Uh, like a ball, slim fuck. <laughs> so he's got a real eye for talent. Dude, yeah, he does. He, 
<laughs> like a, a boss. <laughs> like a boss. Um, I call shots. But, you know, on this Black Friday episode, uh, we didn't talk anything about Black Friday. But we want to... We talked about black people. <laughs> <laughs> on Friday. Yeah. Um, stay safe out there, guys. Uh, see you guys next wait, wait, week. Wait, 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 wait. Let's... I want to go out on, on a nice Slim Thug classic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Dang. Oh, fuck. Where's the good? Why don't you just play one of Pharrell's classics? Dang. Well, this is, he's on it. And a boom, boom. Uh, let's just play like a boss. Like a boss. Like a boss. Look how young that dude looks. I know, it's crazy. He's 47. All right. See you guys next week.